Welcome to Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candace Ackerman. Every episode celebrates foreign nationals with extraordinary abilities who qualify for O-1, EB-1, and IW visas. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on www.visalawpros.com. Now here's the host of Extraordinary Ability, Candace Ackerman. Hello, everyone. We are back for season two, and apparently we're still working on a new intro for the second season. So apologies if you are bored of that intro because you've watched all the other episodes, but we're working on fixing that. I'm Candace Ackerman, founder and managing attorney of Visa Law Pros, and today I'm super pumped to have a very special guest who hails from a very cool place and lives in a cool place. And his name is Jaden Johnson. And I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell us where he is from, what country he hails from, and what is his area of extraordinary ability. Jaden, welcome to Facebook land and YouTube. Please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Jadon. I was born in the amazing island of Kingston. Well, the island is Jamaica. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up in, in Kingston. Um, you know, if, if you're familiar with Jamaica, then you probably know of like jerk chicken or reggae music um, or you sing both because we have some of the fastest people in, uh, in the world. And my air extraordinary ability, you know, I've been building tech communities for the past around like eight years. Um, that journey started uh, in Jamaica. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about, about that on the show. Absolutely. So can we say that growing up in Jamaica was Irie or would that be a proper <laughs> context for how to say that? I've been to Jamaica and really? everything yeah, no, no. like I mean, Irie I'm, there. Can you just share with us like when, is that old school? Do people still say that? Is there a new word that we need to use? Irie is still a pretty Jamaican term, uh, which means like it, it basically gives like everything being all right. Like you ask a Jamaican like walk on, um, and you can say like everything is Irie, which means everything is fine or everything is doing is doing well. Um, no, so those terms I like, still pretty much live around. And you know, actually, there's there's this one thing I feel. I feel most people don't, but Jamaicans actually don't say Yaman, which is which is funny. We do say Yaman, like yeah, like Y E A H man, like a lot, but we, we don't really hear Jamaicans saying like Yaman a lot, or at least at least not since I've been around. <laughs> oh wow! So I need yeah. I need to update my Facebook ad for this podcast because I'm old. <laughs> That's revealing that I'm a child of the '80s and not Gen Z. <laughs> And, and I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. Okay, so um, Jadan, I'm sorry, I didn't put the syllable on the right um, yeah. sound, okay. but now I'm, I've been corrected. I stand corrected. Please share with us, if you can, um, some of the projects that you worked on while you were back home um, that gave rise to you being known in your field, because that's one of the premises of an O-1 case that or one of the categories that I often use for my O-1 cases, especially O-1B in the arts, is that the person has performed or will in the lead starring or critical role on behalf of either distinguished organizations or for distinguished productions or events. So I do remember reading an article about 
one of your very cool accomplishments back in Jamaica. And please share with the viewers, if you can, a little bit about how you became well known in your field in Jamaica. Yeah. So, I mean, my journey started uh, as very young, um, around like age 13. Um, and it's very simple. I, I started teaching myself how to code at that age. You know, I was like building website, building games, building um, apps. Uh, and I got super intrigued by the world of technology and the power of technology. Um, so I literally started off trying to find a community. Like I just wanted to meet other young um, engineers or people who were curious about tech um, and very quickly discovered that there weren't many other like young folks like me living in Jamaica. So I started throwing events. I started um, I started throwing hackathons. Like I literally started one of the first hackathons in Jamaica that was just like focused on bringing other young people together. Um, and yeah, like that, that eventually grew, like we eventually grew to like running like a large nonprofit that was focused on bringing tech and design and innovation um, into our high schools. Um, and then we built one of the largest communities of like young software engineers and developers in the English speaking Caribbean. Um, yeah, shortly after I ended up moving to the US for schooling and then I was like continually intrigued by some of those things. But that, that work in Jamaica was such like a critical foundation um, to even the work, some of the stuff I did today. Like I always joke and I'm like, you know, in Jamaica, like things were actually hard. Like my problems here are just so different. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that ended up like leading to us being like very well recognized uh, in the tech community in Jamaica because of that critical role that we kind of played in evangelizing the community and catalyzing the community in such like early stages. And have you seen ongoing ripple effects from that? Like, have you traced any of the progress of any of the young students whom you helped? Or have you stayed in touch with any of those people who have sort of over the years shared with you and shared with you their the development of their career and how maybe they attributed it to the work that you were doing? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, it's funny, like, there, there has been times where I, like, randomly see my name in, like, news articles back home. And I'm just like, okay, this is like so crazy. Cause I mean, honestly, sometimes I literally forget about that entire world I <laughs> I was in. Um, and it's so like near and dear to my heart. But I think one solid example though is like, you know, some of the work I'm doing today uh, here in Miami, um, we actually hire a, a software development firm from Jamaica. And it just so happens that um, maybe like one third of their team or actually people I taught the code when I was like 16 years old <laughs> and they're like working as full-time software engineers today um and I have met, I'm still in touch with many of these um many many of our like talent um some of them have gone on to work at like Facebook Google Microsoft um a lot of them are still like working on projects back home or, or have started companies um so yeah like we I've seen like the ripple effect and uh, at least in, I'm, I'm very grateful that in my work today I still get to, to like partner with or work with uh, some of those uh, some of those talents isn't that so cool it's it's a shame that the code of federal regulations doesn't include as one of its prongs that that extraordinary is some synonymous with cool or awesome because <laughs> every one of my o1 clients are super cool super awesome but in fact we do meet at least three out of a list of six criterion, one of which, as I said, was that you were lead starring or critical as to organizations or distinguished pro uh, projects or events. So if you could, that mentioning Miami is a good segue into the second half of that element that we did use for you um, to discuss some of the projects that you've been working on 
in Miami on your 01, things that uh, we noted that you would be doing, um, important projects, because there's one in particular that I'm alluding to because you were in the media, there were some articles mentioned about you, you weren't necessarily the subject of the article, which is practice pointer that I'll just throw in here because that's something that USCIS picks on to use that as a separate category that there's published material about you. They like fixate on the word about, so you need to be the subject of the article. So if there's a photo of you or if you're just mentioned in passing or quoted, that may not necessarily count, but I still brought in those articles mentioning you by way of expert testimonial letters for achievements in your field. So tell us a little bit about the very big, exciting project that I think you work on on an ongoing basis in Miami. And also share, if you can, some of the lay leaders and politicians and other important figureheads that uh, that uh, collaborate with you on this project, if you can. Yeah, no, so, I mean, you know, like, as I mentioned, the, the work in Jamaica, helping to, like, build and grow tech ecosystem um, was a, played, like, a critic, pretty critical part in my life. Um, and seeing the results from that, uh, you know, like when I moved to a new, so I moved to the U.S. Um, for college. Um, you know, I studied social impact at Lynn University, and I literally so Lynn is just an hour north of Miami. Um, and being in being in Boca, I, just around the time of the pandemic, uh, Miami started blowing up as this like tech ecosystem, and I knew some of the players. Um, I had met some of the people who were helping to drive that um, initiative. And it was funny because I just remember coming down here and I was just like, man, there aren't many like nerds in Miami. Like where are all the, 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 the people who just want to like sit and work on projects or just like do very like nerdy things. I, I completely remember that. So we decided to throw a hackathon, which is like the nerdiest thing ever, um, to bring a bunch of software engineers together. And, you know, it, it's, it was such a big moment for Miami because an, an ecosystem that had capital, um, you had founders who were moving here. We were bringing something that was very new to the ecosystem. Um, and, you know, Miami Hack Week is on like any traditional hackathon that, that you that you'll experience. Uh, and you know, over the past few years, we've ended up working with some of like the largest brands in tech. So today we're like backed by. Oh, hello. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, perfect. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, but today we're like backed by Founders Fund, um, which is one of the, the the big VC firms here in the US. Um, we've worked very closely with the city of Miami. Um, you know, so we we ended up receiving funding, or we have been funded over the past few years by um, Mayor Francis Suarez's office. Um, we've also worked pretty close closely with the mayor of the county, Mayor da Daniela Levine Calva, um, and. Yeah, like some of like the, the the most like hot startups today, like you know, like Ram, Brex, um, Atomic, and it's just been so incredible, like seeing Miami grow as this place to bring people from across the world to work on things that they're excited about. And you know, I I'm I'm honestly so privileged to like get to play this role um, in our community. And I'll go back to the joke, like the problems I've experienced trying to do something like this here um, are so different compared to what the challenges were like in Jamaica. And Jamaica was such like a, a, a testing or breeding ground um, for me in terms of being able to do this work uh, here in the US. Amazing. I just want to uh, flash back a bit to your comment on calling yourself a self-proclaimed nerd, because um, I don't find you to be very nerdy. I think of myself as a little bit nerdy with a cool edge, because I still read books. <laughs> um, but you don't seem that nerdy to me. But uh, um, I guess your joke, as you put it, um, raises an, 
another question for me, which is, you know, now that you've been here on your O1, I know that transition from F1 student OPT to getting your first O1 provides a little bit of a psychological anchor and makes you feel like, oh, okay, I'm here, here's my place. What has the O1 um, process and being here on an O1, like how have you enjoyed living here professionally and personally on your O1? Like how, what has that meant for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you've like pointed out like the biggest one, you know, you know, like I, I empathize so, so, so much with um, other students, just people who've been in the US and are kind of like wondering about their, their status. Um, that would keep me up a lot at night, like to be fairly young, like even, even just like seeing like, I remember as a student seeing like, the, like, I would know those dates like so well. And I'd have like a mental countdown where I was just like, all right, you know, I am 364 days away from needing to like figure this out again. Um, and being on the O1 has given such like, a great buffer um, to that. And just knowing that there's like an option to like renew. Um, but I think next is just like thinking about like a more like um, permanent status, you know, like I think with the work that we're doing and seeing like its impact on the, the community um, and that it, it just act like actually like long-term beneficial for Miami and the broader tech ecosystem. Um, it's just like entertaining now to have those conversations on pathways that um, could lead to an extension. Um, but yeah, like honestly, it's it's taken such a big weight off off, off my shoulders, um, knowing that now I can actually focus on doing great work um, versus having to worry about um, my status. I hear you, and I work with a lot of people who are in that transition from F one to O one, particularly given the fact that the H one B lottery process has been such a nightmare and it continues to be so um, for many people that I think in the last few years, um, from what I've seen, there's sort of less than a 30% chance that you'll be selected um, for registration in order to file one. And so, you know, for those who are in STEM, they get maybe three cracks at the apple because you can get STEM for up to three years, STEM OPT employment authorization. But if you're not in a STEM field, um, I guess you're counting down the days and maybe that's a little bit nerdy that you actually knew the exact amount of days that you had left <laughs> on your OPT, but I totally get it. I totally understand it. And that's why people say to me, well, don't you just fill out forms for a living? And I say, no, I'm a therapist. I'm a lawyer. I'm a marketing professional. I have to wear a lot of hats in this job, um, which segues me, I guess, a little bit to the last question that I have for you is just if you could share with us. Uh, what was your experience like working with my firm? And maybe what advice would you give for uh, anxious, nerdy students who are considering undertaking this process or looking, exploring what their options are and maybe reticent or don't think that they qualify for an O1? What would you tell them? Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll kind of like start off with, with just like this one general advice is, you know, it's like big on trusting the process. I think that that was like a, a big thing for me um i just remember days when i would just be like honestly the anxiety manifests in a lot of concern um you're like worried about everything um and i think it's a healthy practice to really um just want like check in with your attorney kind of like know where things are at but also just like giving them the space to do the to do the amazing work and you know i think that was like a big part of like our relationship where Bravo just like, yeah. on that one <laughs> i don't um, like 50 emails every day yeah. for saying that <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, I think i think if you um and, and also too is like you know like you go to an attorney because they know better i think sometimes 
Like I remember like I don't I I was like, oh, why don't we go this way? And you're like, no, no, we should argue the case this way. And you know, obviously like trusting your judgment and trusting the process uh is can help ease some of that anxiety. Um I personally believe. So that's just like the advice that I like um throughout there. I a hundred I literally have recommended you to so many people, a lot of people in my circle who are looking um for pathways to to come live or work here um so yeah like you know 100 would, would recommend visa law pros like you can have that on on the record and then just the students in general i think one great thing about the o1 process is that with those very explicit criteria by the by uscis um as a student that's something you could like literally start charting your um your journey towards like it's like i was super involved like before i started running miami hack week I threw hackathons on campus. Like I got super involved in the tech community while I was a student and that created the opportunities um, for me to continue working in tech and for me to work, to undertake like these projects. So, you know, like, I don't think you should, I think maybe the misconception is that you start worrying about the visa when your F1 is about to expire. But the reality is if you're moving to the US, um, not saying that, you know, if, it, it is going to be like a natural consideration when you're finished with school, the question is going to be, you know, do I want to stay here to continue pursuing um, professional opportunities or do I want to go back home? I think the best thing you can do is like once you get in is create the opportunities that will allow you to pursue both both options. So, yeah, like don't wait until your final year of school to be like, all right, what what should I do next? <laughs> or try to put all your eggs on just like an H1B. Um, I think creating creating opportunities for yourself is probably going to yield the best like outcome. Bless you again for not telling everyone to not wait until the last minute, you know, like three weeks before your OPT expires. <laughs> I get a lot of that and people are like, well, how quickly can you do my case? And I usually answer that question with um, divide the amount of shout, uh, amount of files on my desk by six days a week. I don't work on Saturdays three meals a day and two showers and I'm willing to give up one of the meals but not the shower so <laughs> that's the answer to how soon I can do it but Jadan thank you so much for coming on the program today I really think you added a lot me. of value you're one of my faves you, the work that you do is super interesting so fun so cool I really want to make it out to um Miami Hack Week whenever the next one is I hope you'll clue me in because I do own a home in Florida and I'm there all the time. I love Miami and I want to come out and support you and the work that you do and be in that environment because it sounds like a lot of fun. So the next hack week, I want to I want to be there and uh, I want to thank all the viewers watching live on Facebook or who will be seeing this on YouTube and the other platforms and uh, wishing everyone a safe and peaceful week. And Jadon, thank you so much. And we will be in touch because we have more miles to go before we sleep. But thanks everybody for watching and see you next time. You've been tuning into Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candice Ackerman. Learn how you may qualify for O1, EB1, NIW visas. Please visit www.visalawpros.com to contact us and for other episodes. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others.